0: standing over those short putts that stuff is definitely going through your head you're like oh man like you know if i miss this then it makes it kind of look like i'm i'm faking it
1: and welcome back welcome aboard another part train i'm your co-host evan singer we've got our other co-host matt sermac with me what's
2: up ev good to be back
1: how we doing we got a really relatable fun yeah. episode for you guys but first in case you're new Is your golf game off the rails? Are you sick of riding the struggle bus? Well, guess what? You've come to the right place. The Par Train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, trust me, you can smile through anything. The Par Train unpacks the mental game with PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you and me, and YouTubers like today with Josh Mayer, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode, like every episode of The Part Train, is presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. Also, Josh, our guest, is a Roback athlete. Guys, this is coming out the Sunday before Masters week, arguably the most magical time of the year. And our friends at Roback have, I think, my favorite drop of the year from Roback, the Azalea collection. Sir, let me tell you, I got more compliments on my Azalea polo when I went to the Masters last year for the first time than maybe anything I've ever worn in my life. It's, and it's I incredible. saw other people wearing the Azalea polo and we were like giving each other waves. It was like the Azalea brotherhood. It was a beautiful thing.
2: Well, to take it a step further, I think it's more about the lovers of print polos coming sure. together with a master's touch. Sure. Because Ev, if it looks good on you. I wouldn't wear it. You know. Well,
1: here's the thing. I was a Midwest guy, right? Now I'm more of a Cali guy. Just It's starting, we're getting closer to like, I I lived 18 years in St. Louis. I'm approaching 10 in California, so we're getting we're getting closer. But there's there's something about being in the Midwest. You feel like you can't pull it off. But guess what? I've learned that's all internal.
2: Oh,
1: it's a story you you tell yourself. It's a story you tell yourself. You got to get over it and just say, you know what? I'm going to do it. And will your a couple of your friends that aren't used to seeing you wear it say something? Maybe. But if you want to wear it and you feel like you can't pull it off, then that's internal. And we need to fight through that.
2: Don't worry about what everybody else says, right? You just go do it. You own it. After a while,
1: people are like, oh, he's a print guy. And look, you saw a bunch of, bunch of these azalea prints at Augusta, right? Beautiful. So go to roback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off, or tap the link in our bio on Instagram at the Partrain, train. And that link, you'll see roback 15% off. It'll auto apply in your cart. Some people DM us. They say the code didn't work. That just means you've probably used it before. Yeah. So read between the lines, do what you have to do. Just get that you Yahoo know. email going. Yeah. You know. Figure out something, figure out another way. But real quick before we get to this episode, the white and green Q zip.
0: Quick now question for you and the talking. listeners.
1: Do you think would you wear a white Q zip? They've got a, a masters one, Roback does, with kind of a the green dog white with a green and yellow stripe on the back. Super clean. But will yeah. it get too dirty? Is it, would you get a white Q-Zip? Well, I think it absolutely looks incredible.
2: <laughs> as long as you it can is, take care of it. It is nice. And notice the coffee stains in the morning because, you know, um, I love, I mean- I Maybe think don't wear
1: it while you're eating the breakfast burrito in the cart. Maybe that's, oh, that, that or forego does. the salsa.
2: The white master's polo with green trim. I'll take that over the Azalea any day.
1: Okay, have, any interesting. day. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well guys, friendly reminder. Roback.com, enter the code train, 15% off. Tap that link in our bio at the part train. Also get 15% off auto applies in your cart Thanks to Roback as always for the love and the support. Masters, what a beautiful time of the year. Speaking of beautiful, let's talk about our episode with Josh Mayer. You know, this was yeah. a true mental game roundtable. We haven't done a mental game roundtable in a little while with an everyday golfer. And Josh, I think he says he's around a five handicap. He's got over a million followers on TikTok, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. 50,000 followers on Instagram, great dude based in Dallas. And he did a series of breaking par. Can I break par in nine holes? Took him 55 rounds to do it. Finally, on the 55th nine hole round, he did it. And I think this episode is as relatable as it gets because we've all had the chance to do something great. We've all had a moment we started off strong and then try and hold on right? We've all had a goal of breaking a certain number, whether it's 80, 90, 100, 70, whatever it is, get close and get in our own way. And Josh did that at the end. But I think the learning on the 18th T box really is a magical thing.
2: Yeah. No, it was cool, guys. You're going to like this one. We we go through the round, we go through his game and kind of the ups, downs, the goods, bads, and in-betweens. Look, at some point to get better at this game, you've got to understand what you've done in the past and how to do it differently. It, it was cool. To have this unique YouTube series because it's playing the same course, right? Nine holes, the same course over and over and over. And it took him probably longer than he wanted, but 55, you know, 55 rounds and he does it. also does it in cold weather, not the best time of the year to be playing. So it's actually even more impressive, but yeah, the journey of going from episode 51, he's one under with three to play and he shoots one over. Right. And then four episodes later, he's two under out of the gates. like, where's my mind? Where am I? He gets
1: to three under. It's
2: all about (laughs) gets to three under. And he talks us through that where his head's at and just how certain holes he can't get out of his mind. Certain tee shots that just he can't block out. Like, I don't like this. And we go through the struggles, the ups and downs and the ultimate journey to making it happen. So fantastic guy. He's going to be doing more of this. No, I loved it. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think he's a great follow at Josh Mayer Golfs. Great dude. And I think he's so focused on breaking a number like we all get into. He gets in his own way and creates unnecessary amounts of tension. And so I'd really urge you guys to stick with this. Okay. He's going to take us through the round and I want you to stick with it to the end because I don't want to ruin it. The moment on 18, I think speaks volumes and it's so simple Yet it produces his best shot maybe of of the round with the most pressure, right?
2: It's a really cool way to kind of wrap this up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to Josh for coming on. Thank you guys for hopping aboard as always. If this interview adds value, do us a solid. Give us a Apple podcast review and Spotify. Follow us at The Part Train. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok are the best places to do it. And no matter how close you are to breaking whatever number you want to break, no matter how much you're thinking about your score, no matter how much you're getting in your own way, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Hey, guys. Enjoy the ride. Thanks. thanks guys. Josh Mayer, welcome aboard the Part train. My man, it hey. seems like you've been riding a lot of part trains lately, so we're excited <laughs> to have you on board.
0: What's up, Josh? Yeah, appreciate you guys. Yeah, Thanks for having me on.
1: Josh, we got a lot we want to dig in on. But first I wanted to ask you, who is more fun out there, Josh? Josh Mayer breaking par for the first time or John Mayer ripping the guitar on stage?
0: Oh, definitely John Mayer ripping the guitar on stage.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he always, always does that, that, Josh. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, if I could trade lives with John Mayer, that's a that's a no-brainer for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm going, um I'm going to his solo tour in like less than a month. So my wife and I are very excited. We're big John Mayer fans. So
0: big John Mayer fans. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're gonna dig into your game here in a bit. But first I wanted to ask, what does recording your golf on video, how did that immediately hurt your game? And how did it help? What did it hurt? What did it help?
0: Yeah. Definitely like puts a little bit more pressure on on the game just because you know, you're concerned about, you know, trolls on the internet. ripping apart your swing and making funny and stuff so I've never really played like competitive golf in in high school or anything so I never played golf with like pressure or anything other than just like chilling with my buddies and maybe a little bit of money on the line so yeah having the potential for like thousands of people to be watching your swing and like picking that apart and yeah telling you what you're doing wrong and stuff just you know just a little bit of added pressure in the back of your head so yeah definitely took took a little bit to get getting used to on that I would say starting out like filming YouTube videos, my scores definitely suffered. Like I would maybe film nine holes and play terrible. And then as soon as I turn off the camera, I'd you know play on the back nine. I'd be nice, relaxed, playing with my buddies and, and be totally fine. Definitely, it took a little bit to get used to that. But yeah, once, once you kind of get used to just having the camera rolling and it becomes a little bit easier. So.
1: so it sounds like there was, maybe there still is some. Is there still some insecurity about the way your swing looks? Is oh, like yeah, that I mean, the main concern, or is it more about how I perform on camera? Um,
0: yeah, I would say like right a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you definitely like putting your swing out there for the whole world to see. So yeah, um, yeah, I'd say a little bit, of, a little bit of insecurity. You guys are really getting deep here right off the bat. I like. Well, you, that's like kind you, of what we do it. here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say a little bit of insecurity. People ripping, ripping apart your swing. I definitely don't have like the most picturesque swing as well. So, but people are. People are decently nice on the internet. I feel like for the most part, yeah, you'll depends, get some guys once in a while. Yeah, right. Depends
2: if it's Twitter or YouTube, right? You yeah. Know.
0: I <laughs> would say, I would say maybe the biggest thing that's tough with like filming is I I just use a I don't have a videographer. Like sometimes I'll have a videographer, but I'm just using a tripod. So I'm, you know, I'm worried about like the angle of the camera, if it's zoomed in, you know, if it's, if it's recording, if it's not. But I think that maybe even plays more with the mental side of golf. Cause a lot of times like golf, or like thinking about your swing isn't the first thing you're thinking about it's like okay mm. is my camera running you know did i do i have it at the, in the right position here where i can get a shot tracer or whatever
1: so I do you think rush a... sometimes oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. right
0: um, yeah if you're playing on like a friday or saturday and of course you're and yeah you got to be running off and onto the green and then people see you carrying a camera around and think you're you know riffraff so yeah it definitely adds to it for sure Josh, before we keep getting too into it, I have
2: to tell you, I love the let's go. Like that's one of your signatures. Let's go. And it reminds me of our mutual buddy of ours. who We've had on the show. One of those Brandon Pavnick. we had like a mental game round table and he loves to get fired up out there. He's like a eight handicap. And once he does something good, especially after a series of bad, let's go. And it's, <laughs> he like, he loves to get fired up, like run yeah. off the green, excited. I know you're, Obviously adding some entertainment value. And I'm sure you've tried to find like how to be entertaining but also be myself. Do yeah. you like to get fired up and a little excited out there when naturally it seems like it?
0: Heck yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely like I grew up playing team sports and stuff. And that's such okay. a big part of, you know, basketball and baseball. And like, you know, something happens, something's good, and you know, you get fired up with your buddies. And yeah, I feel like golf, you don't get to experience that quite like as much. So yeah, I enjoy just yeah getting fired up. Something good happens. It. It's fun to celebrate, and for sure. Well, and it keeps you just kind of moving forward, not
2: forgetting about you know, for like sure. you're just back, right? Like, and yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. yeah, just a little
0: raw emotion. You know, it's very for, it's
1: very four man scramble vibes. <laughs> yeah, you know? for sure.
0: Yeah, love yeah, love it's like one, charity right? scramble. Yeah. Just getting fired up, doing some some chest bumps, maybe all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So for context, if my research team is on point, aka sermoni. You played college baseball, correct? I did play college baseball, yeah. What yeah. position did you play? Um, I played first base
0: for, okay. for the most part. Yeah, I kind of moved around a little bit like freshman and sophomore year, but then, yeah, ended up at first
1: base. Good scoop skills? Are you saving throws? Um,
0: no, nah, it was more they were just hiding my uh, my weak arm at first Got it. base. Okay. Yeah, 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 I can't really throw. So, yeah, figured.
1: Righty That's or lefty thrower?
0: Uh, righty. Righty. Okay.
1: Throwing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think that's helpful context. A lot of people can relate to playing baseball. I played baseball growing up. Cermac's a lot better than us. Cermac played college golf. I want to dig into a little bit of your game. I want to give people context. We're going to start with where your handicap's at and kind of explain the evolution of your handicap. I think a year ago, I saw you were like a six, but I haven't seen an update since then. So help me understand if that's gone up or gone down. And then what's the best part of your game? What's the worst part of your game? Let's start Ooh. there.
0: Okay. Yeah. I would say a handicap right now. I haven't, I didn't put the scores in that I was like filming and stuff. Good I man. Think nine, it, whole, <laughs> nine whole scores. Yeah. Right. It's only nine weird. holes. So, yeah. But, uh,
1: but all right. <laughs> Sermonac, Sermonac and I were debating this actually before you came on. It's because it, I think the GIN app allows you to put allows, nine whole yeah, scores it does. in. Yeah. yeah it does. But I, I don't do it either.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I typically don't do that. And also just, you know, other factors in there too. So, yeah sure. just like film and stuff or i don't know but handicap right now i think is at like a five allegedly so
1: <laughs> why allegedly
0: you well, shot, um, shot one under last week yeah right? it's true yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i feel like i always give people a, a little precursor of like hey it's a five but you know it could be it could be a 12 today i could shoot a, an 85 at some point you that's know that's how it goes
1: yeah so, best part of your game worst so part yeah
0: handicaps a five best part of my game maybe like short chips just like, like really, really easy short chips around the green. That's probably the only like good part of my game. And then worst part of my game, um, I would say probably like off the tee driving probably gets me in the most trouble. I feel the most uncomfortable with a driver in my hand. I would say, yeah, I probably lose the most strokes with a, with a big old slice hitting it out of bounds and stuff.
2: Well, Ev, what did I tell you before we got going here about it? what part of his game I really like?
1: Are you talking about his chipping?
2: Yeah, pitching. Oh. I really love your pitching and chipping motion. Oh, you know? okay, good, yeah, good, nice. I'm, it was. I was just. I wonder what you're going to say about your how that's you feel big, about
1: that. That's it. a big compliment coming from yeah. Mac, By the way, yeah. he's helped me a lot with my short game.
2: Cool. Yeah, you get the club nice and vertical. Really get a lot of action on your pitching and chipping.
0: Oh, I appreciate that, Mac, Where would you play? Where did you play college golf at?
2: I played at Missouri State. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, Sweet. grew up playing
0: yeah. played in college. Awesome,
2: but. That's interesting because short game too, like when I'm watching this, I think it's really cool watching your series. This could be like the journey to break par with no gimmies. Right.
0: Mm.
2: So, I mean, let's be honest. We're all playing still where somebody wants to just give you a or and we're (laughs) all, it's still, it's, it's very normal and it's not technically real. Right. But Hey, somebody gives it to you, you pick it up, whatever. Talk about that. What you've learned, especially being on camera trying to shoot (laughs) one under which you did last week. But it doesn't matter. A three footer, a two-footer, we've all missed them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Trying to mean just like finishing the, everything out. Under yeah. the
2: gun. But talk about that and just maybe something you've you've learned, especially around especially around putting, and we can get into chipping too.
0: Yeah. I think putting specifically on those like short putts, I think definitely a little bit of added pressure. Cause the series originally I thought I was when I started, I was like, oh, I think it'll maybe take me like 15 days. I think I'll you know catch a day where I just hit a couple birdies in a row and then just you know par out and we're good to go but then it like kept going we hit like the 20 day mark i hit the like 50 day mark i was like oh my gosh like you know and people are commenting like oh this guy's just keeping the series going just to get more views and stuff i'm like no no like i'm really i'm trying to break par here (laughs) and so yeah standing over those short putts that stuff is definitely going through your head you're like oh man like you know if i miss this then it makes it kind of look like i'm i'm faking it but You know, and then you're overthinking it, maybe taking too long over the putt. And I realized like towards the end there, I just, you know, if it's within three feet, just step up, pound it home, make it, you know, it's a, it's a tap. And you do, you know, every time you don't think about it and just like walk up and tap those three quarters and they go in. So just do that. And, you know, call the day.
2: The more importance
0: we put behind it, right. I've like,
1: yeah,
2: I suppose it's just walk up, do it right. Take deep breath and go head down deep. Right.
1: Well, it is kind of a good, it's good that you do that. It's kind of a forceful practice, right? Because a lot of us, you know, we play the opposite, how we were talking about before, or sometimes even like three feet. Yeah, it's good. Take it away, you know? But then you play in like a member guest or you play in a a two-man tournament and or a Ryder Cup and it's suddenly, it feels like, oh, yeah, I haven't done one of these in a while, right? So it's actually probably a good thing that you have that.
0: Yeah, you almost get to the point where you're so used to gimmies you get like scared of those putts that would be gimmies yeah. cuz you're just like ah oh, you know I, I never putt these so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what was going through your head Josh? You said you're 5 handicap. A lot of people can probably relate to you in that standpoint. You're doing this series, you've got what you said, the factor of the comments, that's one thing, right? Of like accusatory comments of of keeping it going there's probably some internal comments happening of maybe some embarrassment or some self-deprecating thoughts of like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's great, you know, from a content perspective, but am I going to get to like a hundred days? Is this going to be like embarrassing? Am I going to do this forever? Like what's going through your head each round is, is round 50 feel different than round 10 Talk about the difference of uh, of emotions there for you personally.
0: Yeah, I was going to say round 50 definitely felt different. Around, around 10, you're thinking like, oh, okay, like, you know, if this is a series on YouTube, 10 videos, like it's not that many videos. We're just going to, you know, it, at that point, like it is good for the views to, you know, keep it going. So, but then, yeah, day 50, I was even getting to the point where I was like, man, I'm a little bit tired of making the same video. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah, I, I wanted to just get done with it and, and move on and start making new content and so that was like a little bit frustrating towards the end there there were a couple days where I hit like even par and you know I had a putt to to break par which you know I I think would have been pretty cool like to end the series on a putt to to break par so yeah definitely like towards the end there it was getting a little bit just kind of dragging on and yeah, I was just getting to the point where I was like, "All right, we can we can move on from this now." I think people are ready to to see some new content and move on and kind of celebrate that that win. Yeah.
2: Well, and that just becomes the difficult part, right? Just to perform, right? Dealing with the results. 100. Yeah. What's
0: next? Do you
2: remember episode 51 at Bridalwood? You were Ooh. one under with three to play, and you finished one over.
0: Was that when I was that my bogey? Bogey seven the par eight. Bogey the
2: par, yeah. Bogey the par yeah, five. yeah yeah
0: the par okay. five. That part five had my number man.
2: Well, well talk talk us through that right. If you if you can kind of go back there a little bit yeah. because all right episode fifty one, I'm one under going into a par five feeling good, but you know you went bogey bogey and then bar, yeah right one yeah. over is great but it's like yeah geez, it all just kind of fell away there in the end.
0: Yeah every time I was going into that par five like either even or one under in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, it's par five. Like I should be able to, you know, at least have a birdie putt here. And so I'd almost kind of let off the gas on that par mm-hmm. five. And I think there was like three or four times in that series where that par five, I ended up like bogeying or double bogeying. Cause I, you know, shanked it right. And then I had to like chip over a tree and then hit the tree or, you know, stuff like that ended up happening a ton on that par five. And I would see comments and people would be like, yo, just, you know, maybe hit a two hybrid into the middle of the fairway on this par five and then, you know, hit a six iron and just put yourself in a good spot, which is what I ended up doing like towards the end of the series was just like, you know, bear down on that par five, maybe just get one in play and then kind of lay up and go from there. So par fives but,
2: can be our great friends and our greatest, most embarrassing
0: moments on on the course. Yeah. Well, cause like, yeah. you you kind of go into them <laughs> thinking like, Oh, I don't really need to like try quite as hard here. Like it's not like I need to hit you I know, can perfect make par, shots. I can, yeah. Right. You know, right.
1: Well, break that down a little bit more, Josh, because that's interesting to me. When you're first talking about the par five towards the finish, it sounded like you said take your foot off the gas. So getting a little defensive, not really attacking it. But then the solution was being more conservative. So help me understand what you're doing before to help me understand the difference there.
0: Yeah, I, I think Bridalwood, the the two holes before it are par four. So I'm thinking, you know, if I birdie one of those and I'm, and I'm one under, those are For me, obviously, harder to birdie a par four than it is a par five. I probably say it a bunch in the video, too, of like, like, okay, we got a par five here. We can kind of, like, chill out a little bit and not have to, like, attack it head on in order to try and go under. Because trying to shoot under par, obviously, you're there's not a lot of room to just, like, chill and, like, take your foot off the gas. If I'm even – going into the hole before that, like I'm, I'm trying to make a birdie. So I got to try and cut the corner with my driver or something. And then like those times that I, I was one under going to that par five, I would think, you know, okay, it's a par five. All I need to do is par it. And then you kind of, yeah, you play defensively rather than attacking it. And yeah, that's, that's where I ran into a lot of trouble there. Well, Josh,
2: I want to build on this more because Ev, you and yeah. I have just
0: talked a lot about the, this,
2: when you have a hole that, as you might say, brings you trauma or brings you pain yeah, right? every yeah, time yeah. you get back up to the, on the tee, I just don't love it, right? And then you throw in the situation where you're, you're trying to meet a result. It's like okay, hitting a hybrid might sound conservative, but that is the move I can feel aggressive with, right? Mm-hmm. That is the that is actually my most aggressive feeling swing that would get through a mental block, as opposed to just you know hitting the driver. And I think there's something to that, right? Just because it's less club doesn't mean it's less aggressive. It's just, you've gotten to a place where you can actually make a free swing. And sometimes we just got to swallow our pride. And I think that's, that's sometimes the power of making decisions when you're out on the course.
0: That's a good point. That's good. I well, think Josh, about that. Yeah. a
1: lot of tour pros tell us swing aggressive to conservative targets is really the key of most tour pros. Whereas amateurs like us usually swing aggressive to aggressive targets, you know? So That's a good point, sir. That's that's a good distinction there. So, Josh, when we had Eric Lang on the show a few times, one time we talked about his breaking series and how part of the breaking series was to actually show that trying to shoot a score leads to not enjoying the game Mm. (laughs) like he's going to U.S. Open, you know, major championship courses and trying to break 90 and usually doesn't enjoy himself with that let's throw this to you did you enjoy it being rooted in score i mean obviously it gives you something to shoot for right from a content perspective it makes sense but did you find it getting in the way of you enjoying yourself kind of like what you mentioned you turn off the camera you start to play great tension comes down what did you learn about yourself there and did did that impact you that way
0: yeah i would say um I would say just growing up playing other sports and like all there's always, you know, a a goal in mind and everybody's keeping score all the time and it's, it's competitive in that sense. So I would say that's fun for me. Like I do enjoy having a goal and having, you know, somebody keeping track of what's, what's happening. So I don't think it made it less fun. I think even sometimes for me, like when I'm not keeping score, and I'm out. I'm out on the course. I almost feel like, why, like, why am I even out here? Like, I'll, yeah. I'll just be kind of like messing yeah. around and like, you know, you hit a bad shot, but like you just, you don't even care. And it's just like, oh, okay, I'll just on here. Whatever. It's not just real. Chip it back on. And yeah, yeah. Right. You almost, you're almost thinking like, yeah, okay, like, well, why don't I just like go home? I don't know. Like,
1: yeah. Um, well, that's, that's an important distinction for people to understand as we dig into your game more of like Sermonac And I did an episode purely on the fine line between focus and fun. Yeah. Because if you're too focused, you can get in your own way, right? And that's the kind of round where you're like focused even between shots. You're just like just too super intense. tense. Yeah. And then the other side to what you just described is the total opposite side of the spectrum. It's almost too loosey-goosey. There's no even reason to be out there, right? So finding that that fine line. But it seems like for you, Josh, as a former college athlete in baseball, you thrive under competition. You want the competition, you want the bright lights, creating right? Cha-
2: creating challenges for yourself, whether it's
0: obviously the series, but just in general, like one
1: hundred percent, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think,
0: I, yeah, I definitely enjoy, you know, even if it is a relaxed round playing with some friends, like you know, you're always going to be challenging your friends to, you know, whether it's money in the line or different games and stuff. That's what makes it fun for me, even if it is just a, a relaxed
1: round. All right, yeah. so day day fifty five, yeah. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me, Josh. Bring it. When you said, "I have a good feeling about today," did you record that before?
0: No. Yeah. So I
1: did the intro after the okay after
0: the thing. Okay. Uh, after I after I filmed because I was I gonna. I was
1: curious. What about that day felt different? But maybe talk about that. Even though the intro yeah. was recorded after, what did you? What felt different about that day? versus the previous 54? Mm.
0: Well, yeah, I guess um, starting out with two birdies, that really helped. That made it different. But yeah, I guess I kind of like maybe teased it a little bit in the beginning there, just filming the, filming the intro after and kind of seeing if people pick up on that, which I guess they did. That, that worked out well. But I don't know if anything really did feel different about that day, to be honest. I think...
1: Had a good um, break early?
0: Yeah, I, I literally just like birdieing the first two holes. It was just like, okay, like if it's gonna today's happen it's probably gonna be today today's the day yeah off to a hot start and just kind of just had to not screw up i guess from there which is kind of hard when you think about it that way like that's probably what got me into trouble the most throughout the series so well
1: let's well, talk about free well
0: it yeah.
2: depends what frees you up too right have you talked about well, bogeying the first hole kind of helps me take a deep breath right? yeah, yeah where birding's like whoa like i think sometimes that's the-
1: birding the first is the worst thing
2: i mean birdie's back to
1: you back and you did back to back. <laughs> and your goal is to break par and you've been doing right. it for 54 straight, you know, rounds trying to break par. So I want to, d- I want to dig into these nine holes because I think everybody will be able to relate to this of regardless of if you're doing it on YouTube or not, anyone starts to under, you're not human. If you don't have the thought today could be a special day. I could break par today. We've all had it. So What's going through your mind? Walk us through the big moments in these nine holes and we'll try and pick out like some big moments to dive in on.
0: Yeah, um, I think initially like after the the second birdie, then it's basically for in my head, which probably isn't the right way to think about it. I'm thinking just don't screw up. Like this, this is it, you know? Mm -hmm. And also thinking about it from like a content standpoint, it's like, okay, you know, retention is through the roof right now. Two birdies like, you know, you could see the retention on videos where I started out with a birdie. It was significantly higher than, than anything else. So two birdies in a row, I'm fired up. And then the next hole right after that is a par three, which gives me a ton of trouble. And in the past, like probably have bogeyed it more times than I've parred it. And I almost bogeyed that hole. I ended up leaving it short and then had the chip on. Thankfully, got up and down. But yeah, I mean, I guess my mindset after that second birdie was just don't screw up, that was, which, you know.
2: Probably well that's a really worse, honest reaction,
0: time. right? It's yeah. like
2: like an honest feeling. Like as much as we want to be like, oh, keep the gas, you know, keep hitting the gas. It's like, all right, just
0: play smart, right? Yeah, just right, play smart.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> right? It's like, don't do anything really stupid. Yeah, don't hit it out of bounds and just but, keep it in play. But it's can, funny, right? Is that, that, that create, so... you know, issues too with being just too tentative, getting out of your plan. 100 percent Yeah.
1: Isn't that funny though, Josh? <laughs> how that's so different than how you played hole one and two.
0: For sure, right? Yeah, yeah. You're trying to get after them and and <laughs> pile it on, and then yeah, the moment you do, you're just like, oh, okay, never
1: mind. All right, stay seated, guys. I've got an app that I think every golfer needs on their phone in 2023. It's called My made Plus. You've heard me talk about it in previous episodes, but I'm going to give you four reasons every golfer needs it on their phone. Number one, it'll save you money and make you better at golf. Golf lessons cost 100 to 150 per hour, which can easily add up to over a thousand pretty quickly. Whereas my TaylorMade Plus costs $9.99 a month. And you can get unlimited coaching via certified TaylorMade PGA Pro. And you can get it for free using our code TRAIN for two months. So that's two months of free golf lessons. But even if you're paying for it, unlimited golf lessons for $9.99 a month is a huge steal. That's one. Two, it gives you access to cool shit you can't get anywhere else. There are limited drops are only available to my TaylorMade Plus subscribers. So they just dropped new matte black putter line that look super clean, and you can only buy it through the app. So cool shit, that's two. Three, you can win Tor Pro's old clubs, they call it Tor Trash, that they're no longer playing. All you do is tap a button in the app and you can be entered to win. Right now it's Tommy Fleetwood's three iron P770 with a cool graphite shaft. You can only get it through the app. So how cool would that be to have Colin Morikawa's Wags or Tommy Fleetwood's 3-iron that they actually use on the PGA Tour in your bag? And finally, number four, you can get better by tracking your stats. Now, I know a lot of people like their 18 birdies or the grind app, but I will admit it is nice to have it all in one place, especially if you're a dedicated coach. They might alter their lessons to you if you have data and stats from your rounds. Do you really need to know anything else? Do me a favor, download the My TaylorMade Plus app. It's for US folks only, unfortunately, right now. But download the app in the App Store or Google Play. Enter the code TRAIN. What you got to do is you got to go to your account section in the top right. It'll be a circle with your initials. Tap that. Then select a subscription yearly or weekly. It doesn't really matter because the code will override that anyways and automatically give you a free subscription. So press weekly, whatever, and then claim code and enter the code train and you got two months free to all that great stuff that i make pretty cool thanks to taylormade and let's get back to the show help the listener if they haven't watched it what happened on that par three take us through it
0: so par three i think it was like 180 yards maybe 175 yards i think i had like a six iron after a birdie so like i'm decently fired up but then at the same time I'm thinking like okay you know just keep it in play here don't screw up just try and par and you know we'll, we'll get out of here I think I kind of just mishit like a six iron and left it short I guess the other thing like kind of going through my head is you know I've got a little bit of insurance I've got you know I'm, I'm two under so it's not like one mistake is really going to screw me over so I think there there was maybe a little bit of I could kind of relax a little bit more because I hadn't ever been in that situation before in the series. So left it a little bit short there with the six iron ended up just chipping on, chipping it pretty close. I think it was within like three feet and then just kind of did what we talked about earlier. Just, I set the camera down. I maybe walk around the other side, just try and see if it's breaking at all. It was like a dead straight putt, just, you know, make a loop around, walk up to it, tap it in, keep sometimes even just like keeping talking to the camera and stuff as I'm doing that helps. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's, that's something I want to do more and,
2: in a little bit though, but keep, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Just did your routine, act it back of the cup. Um, and then, yeah, yeah.
0: Well,
1: right. let's talk back about it now, is, sir. Well,
2: vocalization, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a real power to it, especially in, I feel like I'm at my best when I am ta- literally talking to myself tell him like, what am I going to do? All right. You know, and you do that all around. Right. And I think that does bring attention and it's kind of a healthy distraction. I think a lot of people can learn from that and I'm sure you did right. After a bad shot, you still got to be, you know, pleasant on camera or. Right. (laughs) Right. And so I think, I I think that's probably a great learning from your experiences.
0: For sure. I think it was, yeah, a little bit relaxing too. Just like, you know, maybe even just talking about what I'm trying to do on that shot and just maybe reinforcing that in my head of like, you know, Hey, I'm just gonna just a nice little easy swing here. Just 56 degree, chip it on there and see if we can roll it up, you know, stuff like yeah. that. I think, yeah, it just maybe reinforces in your head and almost, I guess the whole like vis- visualization thing that people go through. I think that even talking through it probably yeah. reinforces that yeah, probably sound like an absolute psychopath out there. Just like when I'm playing yeah. with other people talking through my shots and stuff, but yeah. I th- I, honestly, I think that, I think it does help. And I think you see like, you see Jordan Spieth do that all the time. He's, yeah. you know, sitting Sounds behind scary. his bag and yeah. Yeah. He's always talking well, up until the point where he starts to swing and then goes.
1: Well, Josh, one thing we talk a lot about on the show, we've had the founder of mental golf type on the show, which is essentially using like personality driven mental golf, like modules and trainings for people. And so if you're an extrovert, which I assume you are knowing your personality, I bet you, you've probably experienced times on the golf course where you aren't playing well. And the first thing you do is you get quiet and you feel like you don't want to talk to anybody. What that's doing is that's draining your energy. Mm -hmm. So by you vocalizing, you're actually keeping your battery charged, which gives you the best chance to go up and hit a committed golf shot. So you being on camera, having to talk things out, especially on those short shots that mean a lot is actually a really great tool for you um, based on your personality. Um, That's cool. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is speed for a second. So we were talking about the fine line between focus and fun. Sir, we haven't really talked about this very often, but I think there's also a fine line between assertive and playing quick and not rushing, right? Because like, especially in putting, I find that I put my best when I don't really stand over the ball. So like, if I see the line, if I have a fluid motion of, looking at the hole. And then I'm almost starting my backstroke immediately. And it's just a very straight fluid motion. Don't spend too much time looking at the line, just kind of see it, feel it again. That's my personality, but usually works out better for me. It seemed like for short putts that also works better for you.
0: Yeah. I think for me, at least was just sticking to the same exact routine and like, um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think for some people that routine is longer for some it's shorter, but I think, yeah, literally just doing the exact same thing every time. And uh, yeah, I think that just gives you so much more confidence and makes you feel so much more comfortable standing over the butt.
2: Right. because if sometimes I want to putt it sooner, but that can lead to like a little tight and quick.
1: Right. right. If it feels rushed, that's not good. Right. It's finding what's best for you.
2: It's all about perfecting that
1: routine. Yeah. All right. So r three historically gave you trouble. The guy yep. gets up and down, hops on that train, two under through three. The guy's feeling great. Okay, it's on YouTube. You guys can watch it. But the guy, else, I'll paraphrase for you. He's feeling great right now. He's fired up. All right, Hold four take us. What's next? Fired
0: up. <laughs> next hole, we got a par five. I'll tell you what. This par five definitely does not fit my eye well. Like I don't like looking at this par five. It's kind. You kind of got trees blocking you out on the left a little bit. It doesn't look like there's room left, but there is a decent amount of room left. So there there is a hazard on the left, but there's quite a bit of room before you get that hazard. Um, And then on the right, there's like, there's houses, there's like a little drain that is right around the like 280, 300 mark. So that can come into play. Sometimes a little ball kind of can go down in the drain, which is obviously OB. So I typically hit a cut and I'm typically over on that hole. I'm typically over by the drain. I try and start my ball up the left side of the fairway, hopefully have it end up in the middle. But then if I overcook it, it goes like over these trees and onto the right side past the drain. And I'm kind of in like a little collection area over there. I guess it's like, it's rough. It's, it's on a, I guess like an upslope a little bit. So that's where I ended up. I I did do that. I I, honestly, if you went back and watched like all 55 videos, I probably was over there like 90% of the time, like in that exact same spot, which... Mm. Which is kind of funny looking back, like playing the exact same course. I did end up in the same spots on like pretty much every single hole. Like, if you really ran the numbers, I found myself in very similar spots.
2: But it sounds like, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a decent place to miss it. Yeah, considering considering those trees are already visually bothering you on the left, you can't go further left. So, I mean, that's good. That's good. You know, you'd like to turn the corner maybe once in a while, but. That's good. Right, right. Right.
1: Yeah. It begs the question. Cause Cermak has talked about this, where, you know, decade golf, Scott Fawcett and all his stuff, we've had him on the show. Yeah. He obviously has a clear rule of like, if you have, I think it's like 45 yards between penalty penalty markers or hazards hit driver, no matter what, unless it's like getting really, really tight and it just doesn't make sense. And it makes more sense to lay back. But Cermak's talked about how from a comfort level, you kind of mentioned it with the hybrid Cerm, like from a comfort level and just feeling like you can just be more aggressive with it. Sometimes if a hole doesn't fit Cermak's eye, he sometimes will hit three wood just to give himself a wider landing area. Looking back at 55 rounds, do you think where you were so many of those times is okay? Because that was the place to miss it anyways. And you'd rather take the distance that you got from hitting driver? Or looking back, do you think it made more sense to go to three wood?
0: Yeah, I think probably would have made more sense to go three wood or two hybrid on that hole. I I feel like most of the time I ended up laying up anyway because there's like a little creek that kind of runs through it. Oh, okay. So you got you got to carry a, a creek to actually get to the green. So I ended up laying up anyway. So yeah, probably should have been hitting three wood or two hybrid off that tee every single time. But
1: okay, and interesting. interesting.
0: yeah, isn't it just, just rip and I mean, drive this, piece?
2: Josh, isn't it just hard to <laughs> say? Or just do someone's like hit a smooth driver out there. That's very. I think it's very difficult, right? For sure. Yeah, we, we have dr- when point. we have dr- dr- good put pl- any players. You look at, look at the best players in the world. When these guys got driver in their hand, ripping it, like like really ripping it. And so it's like it's smooth driver. Or t you know. I mean, it's a really skilled shot to tee it low and dial it down a little bit. But it's like just give me the three wood, give me the hybrid, and I'm gonna rip that into a wider landing zone.
0: Yeah i mean i definitely is probably smarter i think but it's, I, the, I but it's think, the decisions we deal with like yeah know. right right i i do think sometimes for me though with like when i do like club down or like choose to lay up you know then you run the risk of like if you do hit a bad shot with that or you do hit it off center and you top it or whatever like then you're just like oh i should have hit driver in the first place so well, that, right. then your mind sometimes. Spiraling. yeah yeah right right so <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh man, if I'm going to miss hit a two hybrid and only hit it like 200 yards, you know, I'd probably rather just miss hit a driver and sure. at least, you know, get it out there 250 or whatever.
1: Well, that's actually in the data. The dispersion yeah. for a three wood is the exact same as the dispersion of a driver for right. average players. So, so it's it kind of actually, it's not more accurate.
2: So it's go for it big or just truly lay up. The in between can be tricky.
1: We don't <laughs> have to necessarily go shot by shot, but take me through the meaningful ones. Take me through the, you know, you've got this par five that isn't exactly an easy par five. It sounds like it's blocked off the tee. You've got a creek in front. Or were you thinking don't go OB?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the, those houses, play. the houses on the right are de- definitely have come into play quite a few times. So the next shot after that, I'm like not in the best position to like go for the green. So um, I think we laid up with like a seven iron. That shot I did actually end up messing up on. Um, I was trying to hit it sh- like straight. But it was on a, an upslope, so I didn't really account for that. So I ended up kind of pulling it left, which worked out okay. To, you know, there was plenty of fairway over there. And then we were about like 120 yards out. I think it a pitching wedge and then, yeah, got on the green, two putted. So we were, we were out of there on which was nice. So you're still like, two eight. under
1: through four. Where um, did you make your first bogey?
0: First bogey was on... The second par five, yeah, number seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. Um, That's so, your holy, the hole you hate. Yeah, so the next next two holes are par fours. I think, yeah, the whole hate, yeah, The that has my number. The next two holes are par fours. I ended up earning the first one, and then the next one hit a really good drive. I was on like fifty yards out, put one like pretty close, and ended up making the putt to go three under. So now I'm mm. now I'm fired up. I'm really fired up, and I'm I'm legitimately in my I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, like. 100% today's the day like this three under
2: is, with three to go
0: three under with three to go yeah wow so I'm thinking yeah in my head I'm like I really really gotta screw this up to not make this happen like this is <laughs> I'm in the perfect scenario here um we're and breaking what's the feeling today. like no questions asked
1: what's the feeling is it excitement up, yeah excitement or is it nerves like and fear like, that a little bit of both right Little bit of both. Yeah,
0: I mean, probably probably a little bit of nerves sprinkled in there. But yeah, for me, just, I mean, I was very excited, just fired up. You know, th- yeah. this is a lot of golf I've played and a lot of filming I've done. And, you know, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, this is it. We're going to, you know, the series is over. <laughs> Let's go. Like I'm, I'm hyped. So we birdie that. And then we come to the par five that has given me significant trouble in the past. And I'm three under though. So I'm, I'm like, oh. No big deal at all here. We're totally fine.
1: Mm-hmm. And how has it given you trouble Ripping... for context in the past?
0: When I get to that par five, I'm like, okay, it's a par five. We can kind of let let up a little bit. We'll just you know kind of... poke a driver out there, or poke a two hybrid out there, and and then end up you know laying up, and then I end up screwing something up with the layup and putting myself put myself in a bunker or put myself behind some trees and end up screwing up that way. So um, it's definitely been. Yeah, a hole that and it's like you know it's it's down the stretch, so it's a hole sure. that has given me trouble. That it's been in those scenarios where you know, kind of everything's on the line, and and that's the hole that kind of does it in for me. So, so. is this
1: hole on the back nine?
0: Yeah, the whole series I mostly played on the back nine because I would go out in the morning before anybody was out there and just pop off the back and play nine holes. So, so yeah, we come up this par five. I think I hit a drive in the fairway. It was heading towards the bunker, but it ended up getting a nice little left kick. We're in the fairway, and then this kind of when everything starts to to open up a little bit and and get a little bit dicey. I think I had a five iron in my hand. I was maybe like a hundred and ninety yards out, somewhere around there. And so I'm like, oh, okay, five iron. Like I'm gonna go for the green. Like I would be laying up with a five iron anyway. So go for the green with five iron and just chunk the heck out of it. Ball kind of like a low stinger runner, and it ends up going in a bunker. Which, you know, not the end of the world. You know, we can we can get out of a bunker. We can two-putt, walk out of every part, no biggie. So get up to the bunker. And the past couple rounds, the uh, past couple of days, I had had, like, uh, some issues with, like, blading shots out of the bunker. And, like, so as I'm walking up to the ball, like, that's a little bit in my mm. head of thinking, okay, we've had some So some now we've got two recently. demons in the closet. Yeah, we've right. got the whole demon
1: <laughs> of this, this freaking hole, right? This yeah, hole is right. always my nemesis. So that's past impact in the present. And then it's also past shot demons of, I uh, historically blade it out of the bunker. So, it,
2: and yeah. Josh, it's not, you're st- it's still a little cold in Dallas. I saw you played on some cold days. So like the bunkers aren't in perfect condition. Yeah. Bunkers a little bit hard.
0: Bunkers a lot. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Bunkers yeah. are a little bit hard. Um, also
2: more impressive. You are doing what you did in not a primetime season. So, but okay. Like we're in the bunker. You're like, yeah. how, far, how far was the bunker shot?
0: Bunker shot's probably only 20 yards, 30 yards, somewhere around there. All right, Well, that's not um, easy. But, yeah, I mean, like the big green, though, huge green to work with. Literally all I got to do is just pop it out of the bunker, get on the green. I can two putt, no biggie. Yeah, we we definitely blade that bunker shot. That was that was in my head, and that's exactly what happened. So we blade the bunker shot over and the I green. And I did it. Um, and I was actually a little bit worried there because there's like woods behind the um, behind the green, and, and you know it was a it was a pretty big blade there. It was you know we we had some steam on that, so I was worried that it maybe like went in the woods, went ob or whatever. And but luckily there was some like real there's some real thick grass. Right in that area, and so I think it just kind of nosed over right into that thick grass, and it stayed somewhat in play. Still not an easy shot, but stayed in play. And yeah, then we're just trying to limit the damage at that point. I'm, I know I'm probably not going to make par from there unless I hit a crazy good shot out of this. Thick and stuff. you were pitching back up the hill, right? And then you couldn't yeah, quite see right. all
2: the pin. This was a pretty good shot you hit. Yeah,
0: yeah this was <laughs> this was somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, I was literally just just limit the damage mode at that point. So that was kind of one I just grabbed my 56th degree, just went up to it. just looking to pop it out and put it on the green. And we ended up doing that. It came up a little bit short, tried to stay positive through that. I think one of my buddies texted me and he was like, you know, my favorite part of the video was when you hit that shot and you're like, oh, perfect. We're in a great spot, in a great spot. And it was like, definitely not in a People great spot. People thought was you stuck it right. But yeah. I right.
2: Think, but Ev, isn't the, isn't the kind of the light bulb here is like, all right, you're in trouble. You're just like you know what I don't care I just bogey's okay on the green. right like right. I'm just going to I'm committed to the fat part of the green, just yeah. focusing on contact and take it from there as opposed to the bunker you don't really know what you wanted to do right I can hit this shot but I've struggled yeah. I, I could make like
1: that's that's a good two, point you see the difference of yeah. clarity there now obviously it might feel like apples and oranges to you Josh because one shot you've had a lot of trouble with. The other shot you feel most confident with are these short chips, right? Yeah, not to this mention, was, it was, but this was easy, still a bad line. It was though. buried yeah. up yeah. the hill. But you see the difference for our listeners of lack of clarity, right? Lack of commitment, hoping not to do something versus right. very clear direction. Let's just get this back on. We're going to manage this. Also, very important for our listeners, par- bogey's okay. You weren't trying to be a hero and save right. par and shoot three under. You know, your goal is to shoot under par. So let's manage this. And bogey was okay. Get it on two putt, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess just kind of like a mental just release when you can just be like, okay, like now we're in limit the damage mode. So it's like, it can't get much worse than this. You know, you can kind of let, let your guard down a little bit. And yeah, I'm just trying to pop one back up on the green. Came up a little bit short. I was kind of on the fringe, but the the pin was, was pretty close. So we just, yeah, 2 potted that, got out of there, you know. Damage was done.
1: All right, guys, stay seated. I've got a big question for you that I think every guy and gal that plays golf needs to answer for themselves, okay? What sunscreen do you put on and how do you put it on? A lot of people that I know, and I see this at golf tournaments, I see it in pro shops, I see it in supermarkets on the way to the golf course. They're using Banana Boat. They're using copper tone Sport, and a lot of times they're spraying it on their face. Okay, I've talked about it in the past, but I'm a huge ingredients guy. Okay, my wife and I are are ingredient crazy. Everything that we put on our body and that we eat, it has to have the best ingredients. A lot of these mainstream sunscreens have been recalled for benzene and other chemicals that have been linked to cancer and a bunch of crazy stuff. I'm not going to get into the science and the reports and the research on it, but essentially it's not good. Okay. If you see it everywhere, it's probably got pretty bad ingredients. And so the thing that I love about my friends at Oars and Alps is number one, it's clean. So it's so much better for you than the copper tones and the banana boats out there, but they're also innovative. Now, when I see someone spraying copper tone sport in their face, not only is it chemicals, the air spray has chemicals in it too. Oars and Alps has finally Innovated, maybe one of my favorite things I've ever seen in sunscreen ever. It's a face mist. Finally, a sunscreen designed to spray on your face. You don't even have to rub it in, it auto absorbs. So you just mist it on your face and you're good to go. Easy to reapply and easy to make sure you don't get burned out there. So now that I figured because it's the start of spring and the masters is upon us, people are all around the world, they're going to start playing more golf. So I wanted you to get some good sunscreen in your bag. It's also really small. So it's easy to keep in your golf bag. So go to oarsandalps.com. O-A-R-S-A-N-D-A-L-P-S.com. Enter the code train, get yourself 15% off and protect yourself out there so that you're not worrying about your sunburn and you can commit to the shot at hand. All right, let's get back to the show. You wouldn't be human. If now you're thinking I've been three (laughs) under this whole time. I'm basically dormy to my goal, right? If it was match play. And you are two under with two to play. What's going through your head? Are you thinking, please don't keep this up and keep messing it up? Or are you feeling also pretty confident? What's going through your head?
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm right. I'm in that uh, that don't screw this up mode. Uh, especially yeah. the the last two holes, probably the two toughest holes on the course. You've got a pretty long... Par three that's the, sometimes dry, the is,
2: drive on nine was tough, but eight's the par three. Is
0: that what? Yeah, it's the par three, like pretty long par three, like typically plays like 200, somewhere around there. I think it was maybe like 190 that day. So, yeah, and I, once again, historically, it's giving me trouble. Not the best was like my long irons. So, Most yeah, we got are. par three. Yeah, right. Tough yeah, hole, to, par. Just a par tough par hole to make par. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, tough par hole. So, I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, realistically, I'm, I, I, you know, it's going to be more likely that I bogey this hole. Um, so just try and put together a good hole here. And, you know, and then I think I said it in the video, I ended up hitting a shot and it it kind of it drew on me. And like over on the left side is like some danger. There's like a little creek and everything kind of flows that way. So you see your ball floating to the left. It gets a little bit dicey. It's a little bit scary. Were you,
1: were you trying not to hit it left because mm-hmm. of that creek?
0: Yeah. I mean, like typically I, I, I fade the golf ball. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you're a natural cutter or yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm setting up for that. And so hitting
1: uh, the, were you thinking about the left trouble at all or no, it was just a, a, just a miss or were you trying to make sure you don't miss it left?
0: Yeah. I'd say I was probably going through my head a little bit. Just don't miss it left. Typically I end up like on the right side. There's just this little collection area. That's totally fine. You're good. there. Okay. It's not a big deal. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking don't, don't miss left for sure. And yeah, for sure. Missed left. Um, (laughs) Luckily it wasn't like, like it was like, I still struck it. Well, it wasn't like a terrible, terrible shot. Um, So it did like hit the green and then kind of just rolled off into like some rough area. But in Texas in the winter, it's not really rough. It's just kind of like dead grass. So we were okay. Once again, kind of limited the damage on that. And then, we had a tough chip then coming back because everything's flowing away from you. There's there's green to work with, but everything's flowing away. So just, you know, in my head, I'm trying to get up and down, but at the same time, just you know, just trying to put it relatively close to the green. Even if I make a bogey, I'm I'm still one under going in the last hole. So it's not the end end of the world. But you know, obviously would like some insurance going into that last hole. So ended up chipping. Pretty good chip, a little more, about like six feet, seven feet. It was, I think I, that one I actually, I overcooked. And then I, I put it like in the fringe on the other side. It wasn't terribly far away from Got the pit. Like the pin was already on that side. So it wasn't like terribly far, Um, but it was probably a good, yeah, 10, 12 feet. Like yeah, from it's a little pin. longer. And then, yeah, just put it back uphill, two putted that. Then I'm going into the last so going hole. in
1: 18, one under. One under, yeah. Got to make far.
0: The heart was the heart was pound, and now we're. So just now, to- what you
1: were worried about on seventeen is now even probably more in your mind going into eighteen.
0: Right. Yeah. Right? We got no. We got no insurance. That, the goal was to have some insurance going into eighteen because eighteen yeah. is probably the toughest hole on the course too. Which, but, which I was but
2: Josh, seven's the hole that always gives you trouble. Eight, you know, is tough. Right. Nine, you just said is tough. But how have you played nine or eighteen in the past? Because. because- from a foreshadowing perspective. like Yeah.
0: Yeah. 18. I don't know if I have really ever birdied 18, Um, but yeah, for some reason, like would typically play it well. And like, it kind of sets up for a fade. So it's, it's a little bit easier to look at. Perfect description um, for you. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit easier to look at and just, yeah. yeah, if you put a good drive out there, it's like not the furthest hole. So like you can be in a good spot with like 120 out and then it's just a, you know, stock like. 50 degree or pitching wedge. And so, but the the big thing is the drive. So there's, there's trouble, right? There's, there's you know, a lake on your left. And so, yeah, and this is the that's... thing
1: that gives you your most trouble. Right, right. The drivers definitely so let's set the scene 50 yeah, yeah. plus days of documenting Ooh. yourself for thousands of people to see you had insurance. You don't anymore. This is your biggest area of weakness to mm. quote your words, your miss Goes into a hazard, miss right. Yep, and miss
0: miss left. And miss left. Too. Yeah, so what's going left.
1: through your head to hit this fairway? Because I believe you hit the fairway.
0: Yeah, I did hit. Yeah. How did you drive. overcome this? Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah. The only thing in my head at that point is, yeah, right, I hit a good drive. That's. I mean, if I hit a good drive, I knew if I hit a good drive, then I can I can par the hole, break par, you know, bada bing, bada boom, we're good. But yeah, I guess going through my head. I'm thinking my issue with the driver is um, I end up I come over the top and get like just a little too like flippy with it and you know sprayed out right. So my thought was just just a nice smooth just tempo Mm. square it up. Mm. Don't try and do too much with it. It's gonna if you hit it Mm. you typically hit it. It's gonna naturally fade. It's gonna be in the position that you want it. When I think that and when I just like keep everything connected and not trying to overpower it. And you know, finish on on my left side. uh That's typically when my driver mm-hmm. turns out the best. So, yeah, those were the thoughts going through my head of just like, just swing nice and neat, just put a good swing on it, and and just see what happens. And mm. yeah, and you, I did that and probably hit one of my best drives of the day. Yeah.
1: Can we just you, stop for a second, and you, sir? And you've Go hit ahead. that
0: drive. Well, I was just
2: saying you you've hit that drive before too on this all right Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's yeah. take a second to reflect for our listeners because I think this is like <laughs> so relatable right? You're having a great round and you're trying to hold on. We've done whole episodes about this. We've done mailbags about this. We've had the top sports psychologists come on our show and talk about this. Okay. Now, what happened to you going into 18 is the natural response, human response, right? You have a goal. You're getting close to it. You don't want to mess up, right? Now, look what happened when Josh, just as a human, started to protect started to protect against mistakes. You hit a natural cut. That's what you do every time. Most of the time, I guess. But on that par three, I think it was what, 17 or 16?
0: 17.
1: On the par three, yep, yep, yep.
0: Where I kind of hooked it into the the Hooked it
1: in the place where you were kind of thinking not to go, right? Right. Now, 18, that tee shot, I really want to hammer this home, had every bit of tension that a shot can have. Right. Not many people have probably, everybody's experienced this moment, but not many people have experienced the buildup that you have in that moment when you consider 54 videos, what you've done in the last two holes, wanting to achieve your goal in front of thousands. Not many people had that pressure, right? That we put that we create on ourselves to the situation. And out of nowhere, Josh, you focused on an executional key that helps you produce great shots without you being obsessed with where the ball goes or the outcome. Right? So you said Mm -hmm. to yourself, okay, you got really focused and you said, okay, what helps me hit great drives most of the time. Okay. Good tempo. Finish on my left side. All right. Let's just do that. And you hit your best drive of the day under the biggest pressure, arguably of 54 rounds, 55 rounds. Yeah. Is that fair? That was good, yeah. That was good. I mean, that was you set the stage there. That was nice. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. that is so important for our listeners. Of like, yeah, you you pattern interrupted immediately from what you had been doing, and now you're in the driver's seat. Take us home, Josh. Take us <laughs> take us home to the green.
2: There, then the deep breath happens, right? That walk to the next, right? Shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what are you thinking on your pro shot now? So yeah, it's still so... probably in your head. Like we can all three putt. We've all done it. Yeah, for sure.
2: We got to hit the green first though. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Totally. Yeah, I, I I still got to get how
0: up, but... how short it is, right? So Yeah, I almost I almost think just cuz I put so much weight on that drive, once I hit it I was just like, okay, we're good. Like we're chilling. Like I almost felt like I was already on the green and I'm just yeah. like, okay. Like, you know, we're good now. I think I was like 120, 125 yards out, which was like a nice I think it was a 52 degree If I'm going to be like comfortable with a club, I don't know if I'm comfortable with anything, but uh, it's going to be like a wedge, just like a nice, just a smooth wedge. So um, yeah, I think I ended up actually hitting that a little bit low in the face, like juiced it a little bit, but it ended up working out just because the green's pretty big right in the middle of the green. I'm fired up. I mean, like once I, once I got on the green, I was just like, okay, I mean, we can, we can two putt this no problem. I think maybe looking, looking back, I probably read the putt too much. Like I definitely did what I would suggest not to do. You know, I, uh, I read the putt from like every different direction. I'm like, I'm just going to make sure I took like, you know, I was probably on there for like five minutes, just making sure that I knew where this was going. All right. Well, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, You got a
2: little, you changed your routine. I know.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not
2: not what you want to do. You turned into Bones or Stevie, right? I'm I'm going
0: to be be
1: the cat. Every angle. Yep. So, okay. I'll do it.
2: This is a very interesting tidbit
0: right here. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, uh, I definitely switched it up. I think I probably said it in the video too. I'm like, I'm gonna read this thing 30 times just to make sure I'm not gonna like leave anything up to to chance or guessing. No, nobody's behind um, me, right?
1: No, and yeah, how, right. I had nobody how the behind putt? me. How's the putt for um, someone that hasn't seen it yet?
0: Yeah, the putt was I would say a pretty decent putt. I put myself within three feet and yeah, no, I was hoping to make it. I thought that would be pretty cool to just end on that and whatever, but pretty good putt i would say a pretty yeah. stock stock decent putt put it within three feet and you know that was then fun to be able to just you know walk kind of talk to the camera and walk over the camera i think i actually i said it in the video i was like joking around about scotty scheffler missing in the Masters oh, yeah, from, yeah. from four feet there or whatever the four the four putt. So joked around about that a little bit which probably wasn't the best move mentally but but it might've just relaxed you, right? But it kept it light too. Yeah, yeah, like right, you did, right. you did it out of a
1: joking way, which is probably a good thing. Right,
2: right. The vocalization helps. So you just step up and you knock it in. Step up. Yeah.
0: Looking, looking back on it when I was editing it, I kind of like almost botched that butt. Like it was like a, like my face was like totally closed. And I think I hit like kind of the left side of the cup. Luckily it was only like two feet. So it didn't really matter, but yeah, then it went in and there we go. It was a lot of time and effort put into that. And, Broke pretty cool. Holes, so pretty cool. Was that night.
1: the first time you ever broke par in nine holes? No, it wasn't. No.
0: So I had, okay. I had done it before, just kind of like some of those rounds where you're just like, you know, messing around, you're not maybe keeping the clo- the closest attention to your score and you look up and after nine holes, you're like, Oh, no way. I shot a 34 on the back nine. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, under par. Yeah. but yeah, I'd never done it on camera, which I think just adds so much more pressure to, to actually doing it.
2: Well, I mean, it's an incredible evidence. It is cool, really cool to run through this with you, Josh, you know, because sometimes we have to create games or meaning behind what we do to really challenge us or, you know, it might reveal us in certain ways too like for it sure. did for good, bad, and different, but this is pretty cool. Really, yeah. really cool to talk yeah. through.
0: So yeah, Josh, yeah.
1: you want to go now and try and do this for 18 holes, correct? Yeah,
0: so that's the, that's the next goal is to, to do it for 18 holes. Yeah, kind of like nine holes. It's like all right, it's not like, you know, the real golfers yeah. out there, like, okay, guy, like it's it's nine holes, like not that big of a deal, dude. Like you could still shoot, you know, 50 on the back nine. It's right. Like, you're not actually breaking par. So, um, <laughs> and I kind of need that going in. And honestly, the nine holes was more from just a content.
1: Yeah, it's Especially easier if to just shoot.
0: Like, yeah, it's easier to shoot. And it's just like, yeah, easier to watch nine holes than 18. It gets a little bit long sometimes with 18. But yeah, we're going to try through 18 holes. I'm definitely not going to be playing every day. That's going to be a little too much. So I think I'm going to do maybe like twice a month where I post a full 18 hole round and the goal is going to be to, to break par. And then, yeah, I'll probably work some more like some more like lessons in there, like meeting with coaches and yeah. actually trying to like really improve my golf game and get more consistent rather than just like popping out there and hoping that I make a couple birdies in a row and yeah. somehow break par. So, yeah.
1: Well, maybe we could do like a mental game focused one when I come out. Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that could be fun. But okay, so let's finish on this, Josh, because I think this is what everybody wants to know. Everybody's had this nine holes, right? Whether you've broken par or not, everybody's had a good nine. The question always is, how do I do it for 18? So Mm. what have you learned from this line? Round 55, you broke par, you shot one under. What did you learn from what we just went through? This is probably kind of interesting and valuable to just like talk it out for the first time. Like, what do you want to take? What are the big learnings and takeaways of things that you want to continue to do? And what is something that maybe you don't want to do as much of to try and do this for 18 holes?
0: Yeah. I think in order to do it through 18 holes, I think I'm almost going to have to like forget about the score. Like, I think I'm just going to have to very much narrow it down to like swing thoughts and just hitting the ball Play well the and if i can if i can hit the ball well and like just do the small things well i think i'll be able to you know over a longer period of time over 18 holes be able to do that i think maybe on the nine holes i think i got a little bit too caught up in the the actual score and the results rather than just thinking okay you sure. know let me just just hit a good shot here and if i hit a good shot you know then i'll have confidence and then the next one i'll Hopefully, hit a good shot. And like, if you then string those together, um, I think it gets a little bit easier. So, I think that would be what I'd focus on. Um, well, less man, on the it score. makes sense. Yeah. The feeling of 18 holes is can be nice, right? I'd have a for couple of sure.
2: bad holes early. Yeah. I got time.
1: I what think, stood out for you thinking about this, sir?
2: Yeah. I think um, I'll hammer it home. I think vocalization is important for everybody. I mean, you're going to, if you bring out a coach and do a series, this is what my coach did with me as a kid. We go on the course. All right. What are we doing here? What's your feel? What's your shape? What's your shot? You know, he's just, you know, I think that is so important The takeaway from this. We all should be vocalizing. And I love that. the I love the game and the little meaning behind the challenge. Like we we got to play for something. We got to play for something, whether it's money, whether it's YouTube fame, right. Or, you know, a drink at the end. It's, I think that's really important for us. We've got to create some meaning behind it, but then don't, Overemphasize it when you're out there playing, right? You got to find a way to keep yourself, yeah, you know, a little disconnected at the same time. So
1: I think Josh, I think it's really telling that you came to the conclusion to maybe not think about score because Mm -hmm. that's kind of what the series is about. Right. So some people would say it makes sense that he's talking about score. That's what the series is about. But what I would say, and what we learned from Pia and Lynn from Vision 54, two of the best golf coaches in the world a couple of weeks ago is I think for you, Josh, it's about creating a game within a game, right? So how many swings can Josh Mayer have good tempo on? Yeah. That could be a game for you, you know? But I think if you think about, like, how much the past was impacting, you know, your present, you all you got to do is come back to tempo. And I, I would challenge you to say it's not even about, like, hitting good shots. I would say it's about having a good process, or having good tempo because yeah. then you don't have to worry about people have broke par hitting a lot of squirrely shots. You know, you can get up and down you can make a couple long putts here and there. That like
2: I can chip and pitch.
1: Yeah. You can got great chipping. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I'd say for you, it sounds like the key is tempo, ride that tempo train all the way home mm. and let the, let the score be what it is at the end. You know, I think a lot of people can learn a lot from this episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Yeah, for sure. Just focus on Yeah. I mean, I sound special, but focus on what you can control, like just the little yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Josh, I know we went this a bit stuff. over. Thank you for taking us through this. Congrats on shooting under par.
0: Uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Um, Very if you guys cool. aren't following Josh at Josh Mayer Golf, that's it. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, anything that you want to end on, Josh. Anything that you either want to reiterate to hit home for our listeners or anything that you want to say that you didn't get a chance to pretty much covered it all. appreciate you guys like being so
0: interested in uh my golf journey here that's fun fun to talk (laughs) about i didn't i didn't think outside of like myself and maybe my father-in-law i didn't know if anybody else would be uh, that interested in my golf game so well well, i think
1: a lot of people can relate to it and so i think we can help a lot of people through uh your journey, so we appreciate you hopping on board. I'm excited for
2: what's next,
0: Josh, so
1: we'll be watching. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you, yeah. appreciate you. All, All right, fun. take care, Josh. Cool, appreciate you guys, Sam. Hey guys, this is Evan. Real quick, before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com, and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.